So in this scene from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, we hear Professor Trelawney give a prophecy, a prophecy about an event that's going to take place later that day, a prophecy about the future. Now, most of us are familiar with this idea of prophecy as someone who is given a moment of supernatural insight being able to talk about something that has not yet happened, someone who is able to talk about the future. And most of us are also familiar with this idea that not everyone can prophesy, not everyone can give a prophecy. Hermione, for example, just doesn't have the gift. <laughs> but prophecy is this idea that we're familiar with, this idea of people being able to tell the future. Now, I don't want to make too big a deal about this, but I am also a prophet. You see, several years ago, I made a prediction uh, with the utmost certainty that something in the future would happen. In October of 2015, I said, wait till next year, the Cubs will win the World Series. And lo and behold, that prediction came true. Oh, yeah, I hear your boos. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sore Cardinals fans among us. This was still a prophecy. No, it wasn't actually a prophecy. And I'm not actually a prophet, at least not one who can predict the future. But this morning, we're going to look at someone who was a prophet and who could predict the future, and that person is Jesus. Why are we talking about Jesus? Well, because here at Rooftop, we think there's probably nothing more important in life than getting to know Jesus better. So important uh, do we believe this is that, in fact, we are in the middle of a series here at Rooftop called Summer in the Sun, where each week we're looking at Jesus and one of his names to better understand who he is and why it matters. So this morning, we're going to get to know Jesus better by looking at Jesus the prophet. Now, for most of us in this room, we don't immediately think of Jesus as a prophet. Jesus isn't a prophet in the same way that some of the other names of Jesus we've been thinking about apply. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. But we don't usually think of Jesus as a prophet. In fact, many of us are very rational and we're very science-minded, and we actually don't even like this idea of prophecy to begin with, let alone this idea that Jesus may have been a prophet. But the fact is that Scripture, especially the Gospels, those stories about Jesus' life reveal consistently that Jesus was thought of as a prophet. If you look in the Gospels, we see all sorts of mentions that Jesus was viewed as a prophet. For example, Matthew records that when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Mark notes that people said of Jesus, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old, one of the prophets from the Old Testament. After Jesus raised a young man from the dead, in Luke we see that fear seized all who saw this, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us. And when Jesus encountered the Samaritan woman at the well in John, she said to Jesus, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Clearly, for the people who knew Jesus and met him as he was walking around on the earth, it was appropriate to call him a prophet. 
But beyond this basic identification of Jesus as a prophet, we need to go a little deeper this morning. Because it's one thing to just say that Jesus is a prophet, and it's another thing to really understand what that means. And so this morning we're going to focus on two big questions. The first question is, what does it mean that Jesus is a prophet? What does this name tell us about Jesus' personhood? What does it tell us about his abilities? What does it mean that Jesus was a prophet? And connected to that is the question of why it matters. Why does it matter that Jesus is a prophet? Why does it matter that this guy who lived and died 2,000 years ago was a prophet? Those are the two questions we're going to work through this morning. And to answer this first question, to answer the question of what it means that Jesus was a prophet, we need to look at characteristics of prophets. We need to understand what a prophet is and what that means. And in Scripture, we see four major characteristics of prophets. So we're going to look at what those characteristics are, and then we're going to see how Jesus stands up to them. Does Jesus have the characteristics of a prophet? Now, the first major characteristic of a prophet is that a prophet speaks on behalf of God. A prophet speaks on behalf of God. Hundreds of times in the Old Testament, uh, a prophet is told, say this to Israel, deliver this message to my people, thus says the Lord. This is what a prophet does. They deliver God's messages to God's people. They speak on behalf of God. In fact, our word prophet carries this meaning. The English prophet comes from the Greek prophetes, which means announcer or spokesperson, someone who takes a message and delivers it to another person. And this is what the Old Testament prophets did on a regular basis. And this is also what Jesus did. In Luke 4, Jesus is in the synagogue. He's in the Jewish house of worship one Sabbath, and he does this. Follow along. Jesus unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus gets up and he delivers this message from God. He says, hey, God is on the move. God is breaking into reality. God is doing this thing that he has promised. God is active through his people and through me, Jesus. And so this is what Jesus does. He brings God's message to God's people. And not only here in Luke, but throughout the gospels, this is what Jesus does. He brings God's message through his actions, through his words, through his teachings, through his miracle. God, Jesus brings God's message to God's people. And so like all the prophets in the Old Testament, Jesus speaks on behalf of God. The second characteristic of a prophet is that they are unexpected. They're unexpected. In the Old Testament, prophets popped up out of the blue. You had no idea they were coming, and then bam, they were there. Uh, hearing from a prophet was like having a surprise party, except instead of cake and presents, you got a message from God. And oftentimes, a not very pleasant message from God. 
But prophets showed up. They were unexpected. Elijah was plowing a field. Amos was tending sheep. Hosea was looking for a wife. And then God shows up with a word for them. Prophets weren't particularly famous or rich people. They were everyday people from humble circumstances. And they just, they were living their lives and then God showed up unexpectedly and gave them something to do. Likewise, when Jesus shows up, he was unexpected. John 1 records the story of some of Jesus' earliest followers where they are, uh, where Jesus is unexpected. Follow along. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Now, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because Philip shows up to his friend and he's so excited to talk about Jesus. And then Nathanael totally misses the point and he's like, Nazareth? Anything good come out of Nazareth? It's like say, it would be like saying to someone here, Jeffco? Can anything good come out of Jeffco? Je it's this know-nothing place where nothing important ever happens. My apologies to those of you from Jeffco. <laughs> but it's the same sort of idea. It's unexpected. You do, no one expected Jesus to come from Nazareth. No one expected Jesus to come from this little trade town. And so Jesus, like the other prophets, shows up and begins his work, and he is unexpected. The third characteristic of a prophet is that they are rejected. They're rejected. Now, many of us have experienced rejection. We know it doesn't feel good. I remember when I got my rejection letter from the grad school at the University of Notre Dame. It was not a pleasant day in my life. And the prophets had lots of unpleasant days because they faced rejection all the time. They were uh, very unpopular at times. The prophet Jeremiah, for example, very unpopular for the people he was delivering his message to. Jeremiah 37 records this, and the officials were enraged at Jeremiah, and they beat him and imprisoned him in the house of Jonathan the secretary, for it had been made a prison. Apparently this is what you do to secretaries you don't like. You turn their homes into prisons and you put unpopular prophets there. Sorry, Kelsey. And Jeremiah remained there for many days, right? He, he, Jeremiah has delivered this message that God has told him to deliver and it makes him unpopular. The people reject him. They beat him and they throw him into prison. It's not a good, not a good time for Jeremiah. Likewise, Jesus, and you might be picking up that there's a pattern here, that what happened to the Old Testament prophets is also happening to Jesus. Likewise, Jesus was rejected. One Sabbath, he went home to be a guest preacher at his hometown, and Mark tells us this happened. And on the Sabbath, Jesus began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get his wisdom? What is this teaching that this guy has for us? How is he doing these mighty works? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? Aren't his brothers, James and Josie's and Judas and Simon with us? Are not his sisters living here? And they took offense at him. 
And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Jesus went, to, went home. He went to the place where he should have been loved and accepted. He went to the place and went to the people who should have gathered around him and encouraged him. And instead of being encouraged by those people, he was rejected. He was rejected by his own siblings. Jesus, like Jeremiah, like the other prophets, was rejected. He was rejected by his family and his friends and his neighbors. Which brings us to the fourth characteristic of prophets, and that is that they can foretell the future. They can tell the future. Now, this is uh, just one of the major characteristics of prophets, but this is the one we think about the most. Right? This is the thing that when you and I think of a prophet, this is the characteristic we think of because it's obviously the coolest thing that a prophet can do. They can tell the future. But it's also the hardest thing about a prophet to make sense of. It's the hardest thing to gauge, especially if the prophecy that someone delivers is set way off in the future. In the medieval times, there was a very famous astrologer and prophet. His name was Nostradamus. Nostradamus was uh, quite famous at the time and made a lot of prophecies, made a lot of predictions about things. But the problem was no one in Nostradamus' time could tell if he was a real prophet or not because so many of his prophecies were way off in the future. And as it turns out, Nostradamus was actually a very poor prophet because a lot of his predictions didn't come true. For example, his prediction that the end of the world would occur in 1999. Yay, us. Nostradamus predicted events in the far future. And sometimes, biblical authors predicted events in the far future, too. Sometimes even events that are still off in our future. But more often than predicting far distant things, the biblical prophets predicted things that would happen soon. Like what Professor Trelawney does. She predicts an event that is close at hand, an event that happens later that day, an event that's easy to verify if the prophecy is correct or not. Ezekiel 25 through 30, for example, contains a prophecy like this. Ezekiel says that Egypt and Tyre are going to be judged by God. And just a few years later, the Babylonian Empire comes in and wipes out Egypt and Tyre. The prophecy is fulfilled. But whether a prophecy in the Bible is about a near event or a far event, this is the main characteristic of prophets, the ability to foretell the future. And so the question for us is, did Jesus ever foretell the future? Did Jesus ever predict a future event? Well, the answer is yes. Jesus actually predicted several future events, but we're going to look at one here. And this is a prophecy that occurs in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew says, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these things, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Here, Jesus predicts the destruction of the Jewish temple, the destruction of the Jewish way of doing religion, and quite unexpectedly, this very thing happens about 40 years later. The Romans come in during the first Jewish revolt and they attack Jerusalem and they accidentally 
destroy the temple so that no stone is left upon another. So yeah, Jesus predicted a historical event, something that we can look at in history and say, yes, this actually happened. So Jesus meets all the major qualifications of being a prophet. He speaks on behalf of God, he was unexpected, he was rejected, and he foretells the future. And so even if we don't normally think of Jesus as a prophet, this is who he is. Scripture reveals that Jesus meets all those major qualifications of being a prophet. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, when we were looking at Jesus the Christ, Jesus is not just a prophet. He is not merely a prophet. There is more to Jesus, but at the same time, he is a prophet. He is a prophet. Which leads us to our second question for this morning, which is the question, what difference does it make that Jesus is a prophet? Why does this matter? Well, it matters because of what this role and name for Jesus tells us. It matters because of uh, what it tells us about who Jesus is. Because Jesus is a prophet, we can trust him with our present and our future. Because Jesus is a prophet, you can trust Jesus with your present and your future. Because if Jesus is a prophet, it means he speaks on behalf of God. He speaks truth. And if Jesus is a prophet, he, it means that he can tell us the future. He knows what's going to happen to us. And because he knows the truth and because he knows what's going to happen in the future, we can trust him. We can believe him. We can trust him with our presence and our futures. That is what it means that Jesus is the prophet. That is why it makes a difference. Now, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Sometimes here at Rooftop, you are given, uh, we are given topics or passages to preach on, and you dig into the passage, and you see what's there, and you don't like what you find. And today is one of those days for me. Because like my biblical namesake, I really struggle to trust Jesus with my present and my future. That is hard for me to do. I would much rather be in control. I would much rather plan things out. If you go into my office right now, you will find on my bulletin board a calendar that has dates for the year 2021 on it. I plan things out. I like to have all my ducks in a row. But that's not how life works. And that's not how following Jesus works. Unexpected things happen. Unanticipated things happen. Life happens. And so we have to trust Jesus with our present and our future. And that is hard for me. But just because it's hard for me doesn't make it any less true. In fact, I would submit to you that because it's hard for me, it probably makes it even more true and even more important for us to trust Jesus with our presence and our futures. And to those ends, I want to share three things we can all do to respond to Jesus. Three things that we can do to trust Jesus the prophet. And these aren't abstract things that come to you in a vacuum. These are the things that I have worked on in my life, the habits that I am working on, very poorly, but working on nonetheless, to better trust Jesus, to better trust Jesus with my present and my future. 
So what does it mean to trust Jesus the prophet? I have three things. It means listening, talking, and hoping. Trusting Jesus the prophet involves listening, talking, and hoping. Let me explain. To trust Jesus the prophet involves listening. We need to listen to what Jesus says, especially what he says to us in Scripture. And I don't mean the sort of, I'm scrolling through Facebook while watching Netflix while having a conversation with you listening that I often subject my wife to. Not that kind of listening. I mean the listening where you drop what you're doing and you give someone your undivided attention. You see, because if Jesus was a prophet, it means he speaks the truth. And if Jesus was a prophet, it means he speaks the truth about the future. You would be silly to ignore someone who told you something that is completely true. You would be nuts to ignore someone who told you the complete truth about the future, about something you have no way of knowing. And this is one of the reasons why here at Rooftop, we take what Jesus says so seriously in our preaching and teaching. Because what Jesus says matters. Now, it's unpopular sometimes, it's unpopular to love people who are different than us. It's unpopular to hear that Jesus has standards for how we live our lives, but we listen to Jesus. We listen to Jesus so that we don't miss anything. You don't ignore someone who has important information. You don't ignore your GPS when you're going someplace that you've never been before. You don't ignore the traffic report when you're trying to get home from work. You don't ignore the guy who tells you the one out of 14,605,000 alternative realities that save the future. You pay attention to people who have important information. And so we have to pay attention to Jesus. We have to listen to Jesus. We have to listen to what he says to us, particularly in Scripture. Second, to trust Jesus the prophet involves talking involves talking. Some of you are here this morning, and you've had a long, hard week. There's a lot of not great things going on in your life. Maybe it's something wrong with your spouse, or your kids, or your ex, or your extended family. Maybe you're having trouble with your job, or your car, or your school, or maybe the wind blew some shingles off your roof, and the insurance company won't take the time to get back to you to fix it. It's not a personal example, I promise. Maybe you're wrestling with an addiction. Maybe you're wrestling with a relationship that's ex just exhausting you. Maybe you are unsure about what the future holds for you. Whatever you're going through this morning, whatever it is, whatever is wearing you down and burdening you this morning, bring it to Jesus. Talk to Jesus about it because he knows what's going on and he knows what's going to happen and he is happy to talk with you about it. First, in 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. And for a long time, I did not know what that meant. How on earth do I pray without ceasing, Paul? Do I talk to God when I'm talking to other people? How do I pray while I'm sleeping? That doesn't make sense. Stop, Paul. I can't pray without ceasing. But the meaning of that passage is that we should be in a continual habit of talking to God. It should be part of how life works. We should have the good habit of talking to Jesus, especially when things are going wrong. And so this is a habit I have been working on 
for the past several years. And when I am struggling with something, when I am wrestling with trusting Jesus or just anything else, I say this very simple little prayer. Lord Jesus, I am yours, save me. That's it. Lord Jesus, I am yours, save me. Sometimes, I'll repeat it multiple times, sometimes this is the only thing I will be able to say for five minutes. Lord Jesus, I am yours, save me. It's an acknowledgement that whatever's going on in my life, whatever I'm struggling with, I can't fix it. I'm not in control. I don't get to decide the way things are gonna work out. Only God can do that. Only Jesus knows what's going to fix us. Only Jesus knows what's going to happen next. And I have to surrender to him. Lord Jesus, I am yours. Save me. So when you're struggling with something, when life has you down, when you're wrestling with who God is and whether you can trust him or not, talk to God about it. Talk to Jesus about it. Now, talking to Jesus doesn't have to be this ornate, pre-rehearsed, fancy thing. It can be as simple as talking to a friend. But whatever the thing is in your life right now that you are wrestling with, wherever it is hard for you to trust Jesus the prophet, talk to him about it because he knows what's happening and what's gonna happen. And third, we trust Jesus the prophet by hoping. Hope is confident expectation. Hope is confident expectation that things are gonna be okay in the end. No one can give you hope Hope comes from God, and it comes from your intentional decision to trust, even when you don't know what's going to happen in the end. And hope is something I think we don't talk about in the church enough, because hope is a virtue that lasts. Life is full of ups and downs and ins and outs. It's full of moments of joy and moments of pain. But hope is what gets you through. Hope is what helps you persist. Hope helps you persist when your car breaks down again. Hope helps you when your spouse and you are fighting again. When you go to the doctor and get more bad news. When life throws you a curveball, hope helps you persist. Hope helps you make it. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And the kind of infinite hope that Dr. King is talking about there is what theologians call eschatological hope. It's hope that things are going to turn out okay in the end. It's anticipatory hope that even though sickness, sin, and death are the way the world works now, God's going to fix it. That even though things that are bad in life are happening, God is going to address it in the end. Eschatological hope believes and trusts that in the end, God will make all things new. That in the end, the wrongs of the world will be fixed. That in the end, God wins. And so we hope. We hope because, as C.S. Lewis reminds us, the things that lie before us are much greater than the things that we leave behind. And so we hope in Jesus the prophet. Who is Jesus? 
He's a prophet. What does it mean to be a prophet? Well, it means that you speak on behalf of God, you're unexpected, you're rejected, and you know the, you foretell the future. And why does that matter? Well, it matters because if Jesus is a prophet, it means that we can trust him. We can trust him with our present, and we can trust him with our future. We can trust him by listening, by talking, and by hoping. To close out our time together this morning, I want to read one more prophecy to you. And it's a prophecy like that of Professor Trelawney. It's a prophecy that is set in our future. And this comes from the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, and it's a book about the end of the world. Really exciting, happy stuff. And in this prophecy, the Apostle John says this. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I heard a loud voice from the throne of heaven saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And Jesus, who was seated on the throne, said, Behold, I make all things new. And also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. We can trust Jesus the prophet with our present and future. Because of how the story ends, we know he wins. We know God wins. So trust Jesus the prophet with your present and your future. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus as a prophet for communicating your message to us through him even when we aren't listening. Father, we ask for you to give us the grace to trust Jesus, to trust him with our presence, to trust him with our futures, to trust him with the things that we want to do, the hopes and dreams that we have, and to trust him to lead us to the things that you want to do. Father, help us to trust Jesus when things are good, and especially to continue to trust him when things are bad. Help us to trust Jesus through our listening, through our talking, through our hoping. Thank you for sending Jesus, the prophet who is more than a prophet and who we can trust with all things. We ask this in his name.